Yes, you're in the world of the Sleek Geeks podcast with myself, Adam Spencer, and... Uh, the young and incredibly handsome, still lying, Dr Carl. I will dedicate today's podcast to the number 22. 22, Carl? 11 by 2. Correct. Oh, legs 11. 2 is legs 11. 1 plus 1 is 2. Right, okay, go on. Uh, I think legs 11 is... You know, legs 11 is 11, isn't it? Yeah, but that's... Uh, they use that in... Lotto. Bingo? Bingo, bingo they call it. I think it. they say legs 11 for 11. Right. 88, two fat ladies. Yeah, well... Outrageous. Not 20, 20, 22 is a couple of ducks. 22 is a couple of ducks. I think it might be. They look like little ducks. Oh, isn't it amazing that that uh, comet that we're going to be looking at in a little while looks like a duck? It's got a big bit and a bit, little bit stuck together. We've got to try and land uh, some sort of lander on it. Regardless, I'm dedicating Regardless today's that. podcast, Leak Geeks podcast, to the number 22 because on the day that we're recording this, which might not necessarily be the day on which you are listening, good listener, it's uh, 22 degrees and clear skies, and thank heavens for that because where I live for the last few weeks, it's been sloshing down, and as a man-washer... I'm a man-washer. ...it has presented challenges. We've spoken about man-washing before. Man-washing happens in households where it is uh, one of the male's responsibilities to do the washing, and rather than just getting on with it like most people do, they turn it into a military... Exercise N- mathematically, you got to get the maximum efficiency. When the, you, when you haven't got much sunlight, man, you got to use what you got. Checking weather conditions in advance, pre-loading, uh, affecting where you put things on the line big to ones, expose little, big ones, little ones to allow the sun to filter through and the like. How's your man washing been going lately? Um, I've been doing fairly well. I've managed to avoid using the dryer except for maybe half an hour just to take the last bit in mm-hmm. because uh, there's this problem that. The raindrops come down and they put some big fat raindrops on the clothing before I notice them. And by the time I've gone out of the backyard and taken them all off, mm-hmm. the load has got a little bit of moisture in it. And then I was at the University of Sydney Open Day mm-hmm. and there was this kid who at the age of eight, no, age, age of 10, had come up with the machine that you and I both need and had built it by the age of 12. What was, what was the machine? It's a man-washing assistant machine? What does it do? When it senses rain yeah. drops, it, through the centre of the uh, drying device that you got in the backyard, it pushes up an umbrella. No. A 12-year-old kid. Oh. It, which goes up and then comes down. Yeah. Now, there's a whole bunch of problems here, like should the umbrella be dark mm. or clear, mm. right? And uh, the thing about the clothesline is that normally low maintenance, whereas the moment you start throwing in moving parts like an umbrella that comes up and down, you you might have to go for it every six months to do maintenance. You're trying mm. to work out a better pathway. Mm. But basically the umbrella comes down when triggered by rain and then covers the entire clothesline. And because <gasps> the umbrella only comes down when triggered by rain, i.e. it's activated in a situation where it's otherwise reasonably sunny, mm. it could be solar-powered, couldn't it? Yes, you'd need that. So it'd be completely separate from the mains. And then when sunlight lands on the panel again... Yeah, I like it. ...then it reverses and then pushes up and then sucks the umbrella inside the vertical cylindrical nice. column. He's the, he's the future of man-washing. Oh, man, uh, it was what I wanted. The only other thing I could suggest to them was that they incorporate in a force cell which would measure the weight. So when I put on, we've got a 10-kilo machine, mm. so we put on... Two 10 kilos, that's 20 kilos, I would like to see the load via Wi-Fi gradually dropping down and down in weight, and then when it plateaus out before the evening mists come in the afternoon, uh, yeah. get off the line while it's still warm. Well, good luck to that 12-year-old. Future of man-washing, good to see the future of man-washing is in safe hands. Let's get on to something even more scientific, if it's possible, than man-washing, Dr Carl. The science of silk? Yeah, spiderweb silk. 
we don't know how spiders make it, but we've got a little bit closer, and this might help us treat, actually treat and cure Alzheimer's disease. So, so we don't know how spiders make their silk? No, well, I mean, think about it. There's, right. There is this stuff that is weight for weight stronger than steel, mm-hmm. volume for volume stronger than steel, made at room temperatures, none of this melting stuff, and with water-soluble chemicals and totally biodegradable. Mm-hmm. And Great work, spiders. Know. Yeah. And so what we found out is, and how this treats Alzheimer's disease, let me give you the Alzheimer's connection. Okay. In Alzheimer's, you've got a chemical called beta amyloid. Mm-hmm. We're pretty sure that it is a cause of Alzheimer's, you know, the terribly distressing mm-hmm. situation where a family member can't recognise you anymore and suddenly mm-hmm. instead of having a five-kilogram baby, you've got a 50-kilogram baby and this really breaks families up. And with increasingly ageing populations, they are concerned that Alzheimer's is going to be a, a greater impact on the community in years to come than it is even now. Mm. So with the beta amyloid, um, let's just assume that what we think is correct, that it is a cause of Alzheimer's and this so so the more the, the more beta amyloid you have mm. the more likely you are to get Alzheimer's yeah. okay. so when you do the autopsies you find these what are called neurofibrillary tangles of beta amyloid and okay. they just laid in there and they just don't go away the spider can make it go away no yeah so the, the spider has uh, a silk making organ called a spinneret mm-hmm. it's got different ones for say a capture thread a floating thread etc cetera, etc cetera, or a silk wrapping around the cocoon baby cocoon thread okay but they're all called a spinneret and imagine it's like a cone mm-hmm. and at the pointy end out is coming this incredibly skinny strong silk and way at one end at the beginning the fat bit of the cone there's this weird chemical soup we're just beginning to understand and halfway along and, and by the way all the way along there's a acid gradient so it goes sort of from more acid to less acid mm-hmm. and this changes how the chemicals behave halfway along this soup of chemicals before it turns into spiderweb silk turns into beta amyloid and a little bit up it vanishes Ah. We, we lay down beta amyloid and we can't make it vanish. The spider in its spinneret can make the beta amyloid as a sort of precursor chemical yeah. on the pathway. And then it says, okay, now I'll break it down into something else. And we don't know how it does it yet as of 2014. Great stuff. So if we could learn that secret and how the spider makes the beta amyloid go away, maybe we could make it go away in humans, and then suddenly you've got your brain as sharp as it ever was your whole life. The other thing I love about that story that you've just explained, I've got a new DJ name because people always used to joke if I was to be a DJ as a mathematician, you know, MC squared. Oh, 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 that was good. Einstein. There's already an MC squared out there. DJ Spinneret. Whoa. I like that. Wow. Sounds a bit like DJ Spinderella, of course, who is the DJ for... Salt and pepper. Push it, push it real good. Oh, that one? Yeah. Wow. Your knowledge of music is astonishing. (laughs) Well, compared to yours. Carl, now turning now to Twitter, it's time for... What's up? Twitter time. Yeah. Come on. Twitter. See, if I was DJ Spinnerette, that's what I would sound like. Love that theme. Someone asks on Twitter, Carl, at Sleek Geeks is the way to send us Twitter questions. Is there a theoretical minimum size for the smallest sub 
particle. So let's let's go through Whoa. this nice and slow. How about I can can I suggest let's steer through this discussion? Mm. Atoms, mm. right? For a while now, we've known there are atoms, and they're made up of electrons, protons, and neutrons. Yep. Let's start at that. They're atomic particles. Yep. Take us from there. We, what else have we learnt? Okay, so with electrons, you can't go down any further. With the proton and the neutron, you can go down one more level. Okay, so there are subparticles mm. that make up protons and neutrons. What are they? Uh, for the proton, two ups and a down mm-hmm. of a quark. Quark, quark for Mr. Mark in Finnegan's Wake, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And for the neutron, uh, two downs and an up. So they're the quarks. There's a whole bunch of quarks. And then below quarks, it's a mystery, which I like to think of as the three S's. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've got a bad memory. So it's either S for sand, silk, or suds. Silk comes back. Nice. Wrap around. This show's written beautifully. So with regard to the suds, it uh, could be. So these are our three options at the moment. There could be more. With these the are our three options. Once, once we've got down below protons and electrons to the, to the subparticles that make them up are quarks, and we're asking... Are there things that make up quarks? Are there subparticles below the level of quarks? Mm. Suds? So, uh, option number one is suds. So this is from uh, Casimir, who was the guy who invented the CD, mm-hmm. as well as the guy who invented the cassette. Well played, Cass. And he was the head of the Eindhoven Philips Research Laboratories oh. in the Netherlands and a deep physicist. And he asked himself this question. Suppose I get a metal box, mm-hmm. no radiation gets in, I remove everything out of it. Is it truly empty? And he went through the mathematics and said, no, it's not. It's full of a bubbling sea of particles and antiparticles that wink in and out of existence. Ah. And as they wink in and then wink out, they leave behind some energy, which can then coalesce into what we call reality. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, hang on, what are they winking out of? How can something just wink into existence out of nothing? Well, just think about your prototype teenager borrowing the parent's car. If you borrow the car for short enough and the parents don't know that you borrowed it, it never happened. Okay. And that's how you can get away with quantum mechanics. If you do it for a short enough period of time, it never happened, but it leaves behind this energy. So that's the suds. So but, but the level beneath quarks, there could be a background bubbling. Is that this, is that quantum vacuum you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and also zero-point energy. And by the way, if somebody tries to sell you a prototype machine on the internet to make energy forever for free for only $400 for the plans, mm. say no. Excellent. Okay, so that was suds. What are other possible explanations Silk. for getting below the level of quarks? So we're going into string. Strings. Silk. Silk, right. yes. Yeah, so strings. So there's these impossibly long strings, maybe half the diameter of our galaxy, mm-hmm. and they're vibrating away. And when they run into each other or other themselves or a mirror image of themselves or something else, and where they intersect, they could make particles. We think maybe complicated theory, no proof for it, nice theory. Mm-hmm. And the third one, sand. It could be smaller particles down there. Ooh. And we don't know. So they're the three ones, something even smaller than quarks. So we don't know. Mind you, the latest thing that has come through on the subatomic size is uh, Stephen Hawking, the wheelchair guy, saying that um, the universe could come to an end. Mm. And what he's saying is that we could be trapped in a false minimum. We've got the, you see, we, we proved that there was a thing called the Higgs boson. Yes. And he's saying, well, with a mass, it might be unstable. And if it's unstable, therefore the universe could go through a whole lot of mathematics, expand and do another superinflation, which I describe in my new book, which is available now. Okay. And the chances of that happening are 
so close that they're indistinguishable from zero, but he has got a new book coming out. So, Carl, yep. once we, we, we get down to suds and silk and that sort of stuff, let's assume these quarks do have subparticles that make them up, and let's assume there are smaller subparticles that make up those subparticles, and we keep going and going and going. In physics, is there any theoretical minimum possible size these subparticles can be? Is there a smallest thing beyond which things can't get any smaller? We think it's the Planck distance. If you want to have your mind blown, dive into Wikipedia and look up Planck, Max Planck, Planck time and Planck distance, and it's about 10 to the minus 35 of a metre, we think is the smallest possible distance of anything that can exist, which is what... One hundred thousandth of a millionth 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 of a metre. So, before you do it, know that it's Planck, P-L-A-N-C-K, yep. named after the great Max Planck. And, yeah, if you really want your brain to go, uh-huh, 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 you'll come up with the smallest possible concept of distance is a Planck length. Then you get Planck time, which is the smallest amount that you can chunk up seconds into. Woo! We're going to leave that and move on very quickly. Let me tell you something I find fascinating about subatomic mm-hmm. particles. So in the observable universe, people have sort of wondered, you know, how, how small does stuff get? And the current estimate of how many subatomic particles there are mm-hmm. in the universe as such, very vague, but it's one with about 85 zeros. Wow. You know, 10 to the 85, 10 to the 83, that's the sort of numbers people come up with when they're trying to work out the numbers of fundamental bits of anything in the entire universe, okay? So that's the amount of stuff in the universe is one with about 85 zeros after it. Wow. Just say you were a school teacher mm-hmm. and you had 65 kids you were taking on an excursion. Okay, a couple of classes worth of kids. You've got three classes. You've got 65 kids. They're going to the museum. Yep. They're going to line up to go into the museum. How many different ways can those 65 kids line up? Well, there's 65 different kids you could have at the front of the line, yeah? Mm-hmm. In, in position number one. Whoever you You tell little Sarah to go and stand at the front of the line. And then in position number two. There's 64 possible kids who could stand in that second Position. Ah. Yeah, so you say, okay, Idris, off you go. Stand in that second position. 65 in the first, 64 in the second. There'd be 63 kids to choose from for your third position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then 62 kids to choose from to put in position number four. So when you were working out how many different ways could I line up all 65 of those kids, 65 times 64 times 63 times 62 times, all the way down to times one. Ah. That's written as 65 with the exclamation mark after it, or as mathematicians we say 65 factorial. You ready to have your mind blown? Lay on me. If you work out how many different ways 65 kids can line up, that comes to about that number of one. Wow. With 85 zeros after it. So a group of 60, just 60-odd kids. The number of ways they can line up is more than the number of fundamental particles in the entire observable universe. Wow, that is mind-blowing. I, I, find, I really do find that mind-blowing. Something as massive 
as the number of fundamental particles in the entire universe can be created by something as seemingly finite as just 65 kids standing in a line. That's the speed at which factorials get bigger and bigger. Wow. Oh, did we invent mathematics or was, was it always there? That is another Sleek Geeks podcast all in itself. We'll see the good people soon, Carl. See you later, good people. Geeks.